Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. We're so excited you decided to join us. Um, before we jump in today, go down, leave a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We do love those, and they help a ton. They do. That's a free way of kind of helping us out. Another way of helping us out is to help our sponsors. So first of all, Dr. Dish, if you're thinking of, of getting a, a team that wants to shoot the ball better and consistently put that, that round ball into that cylinder, uh, check out Dr. Dish. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're looking for a one-stop shop, if you're looking to become a better basketball coach, if you're looking for a mentor, if you're looking to talk to me on a regular basis, right, James, uh, then you can uh, you can become a teachhoops.com member. And we'll, we'll, I'll put you on the bat phone and we'll take care of your, your specific needs. So come over and check us out at teachhoops.com. Let's head off to the podcast. One. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, the, the COVID edition is what I'm referring to these because I was talking to coach before we came on the air that like, I've been super busy because everyone's free, right? Yeah. <laughs> everyone's free to do these. I have, I, you know, I, I don't know what number you're going to be here, coach, when this eventually yeah, launches, <laughs> but I got to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get enough in the queue. So if basketball season happens, that I won't have to worry about it. I'll have enough. Yeah, you, you got about four weeks going and you're good. Oh, man. Well, yeah. Well, I do five a week. So I got to, you know, I got to have 20 a month. So that's, that's amazing. It's, uh, it, I've, I've got it down to, a, it, it's taken a while. There aren't many that go out yeah. five a week. I literally on today's walk, I was thinking, can I do seven? Can I, can I do seven days a week? Yeah. I, I, I'd love, I'd love to start one. And uh, oh, I think I'm going to so do it. So much, yeah, but I'm thinking, oh, man, if I get one a week out, that might be good. <laughs> so. Yeah, the thing is, if you come now, everybody and their brother is doing a podcast. Yeah. My advice to you would be wait about a year. Okay. <laughs> because there's about three of us that have been around a long time, and yeah. a lot of these are going to – when they when we go back to work, 
Because yeah. a lot of people are coaches and teachers. Sure. When we all go back to work, they're all going to putter away. Trust me, because yeah. the grind of this thing will get to them about episode 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, e- either topics will get to them or, um, and I've been really good. I have like a list. I got a four-year list of topics yeah. um, that I haven't gotten to that I really want to dive into. And that's why I'm so happy to talk to you today about the Princeton, because this is Offense is kind of on my list right now. Um, so, Coach, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell you know we were talking about where you're where you're from before we got on air, but just kind of yeah. introduce yourself. And then the way I like doing this, and I and I love because I'm listening to all these new podcasts. I love that people have kind of like I wouldn't say they've stolen my intro, but everyone's <laughs> kind of doing this tell your journey story thing, which I think is great because I yeah. don't want to listen to you for an hour unless I know kind of your basketball journey. So, um, what I'd like you to do is just kind of tell, introduce yourself and then kind of tell your basketball journey, your playing career, kind of how you got into coaching, um, even get into your site a little bit. And then we'll talk about that later after stuff, but, um, just kind of a little bit about yourself. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. So my name is John Wheeler. Um, I, so my basketball career started a little bit differently. So I didn't start playing until the seventh grade. Um, and I got cut in the seventh grade. So it was kind of one of those that make or break where, hey, are you going to keep playing or are you going to stick with baseball? Right. And um, so I, I kept playing. I went back. Well, first of all, if you're from the Columbus area, baseball is like serious biz yeah, in that I've area. I've been playing baseball since I was probably four years old. Like, I mean, the yeah, little league there is like cutthroat, man. Yes. Yes, it is. very. <laughs> yeah. And, and once I got past uh, T-ball, I started playing a level up or an age right. group up and took my took my thumps early. But then, then, then it really worked out well. So. But it was one of those things where eighth grade okay, I made the made the team. Um, I had a really hard time understanding the game because I've never played structured basketball before. Um, sat, sat the bench, um, worked all summer. Ninth grade made the JV, sat the bench, never played. You know, mop up time. Tenth grade made varsity, didn't play the first nine games of the year, then started switching. Um, and then my junior senior year started every game. It was MVP my senior year, so um, so it kind of put a chip on my shoulder. And I think when I, I started reflecting back, I said, why did I even start playing? Because it wasn't like I loved the game because I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't good at it, never really played it. And I think what I wanted was the respect from the players or from the, from the other kids in the school. It's kind of one of those, one of those, it wasn't quite in that, that click. I just wanted, I didn't want to be in the click, but I wanted to be respected. And I, I think I, I kind of take that uh, and, uh, it's kind of that to coaching it I refer to it. It's like playground cred. You have playground. Yeah, exactly. Cred. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just want, I just want the respect, you know? Yeah. And I, I think the same thing, once I got into coaching, it was kind of like, well, I wanted, I want to do well enough that, that I can get the respect from these other uh, older coaches who've been doing it before me. I started uh, coaching in 2001, right out of high school. Okay. Um, so I, Actually, was at the High State University my freshman year, and I. You saw want some, well, before you dive into that, you want ah, the respect, yeah. but you don't want anybody to like you. Absolutely no, yeah. Because if go. they like you, you means you're no good. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna try to soften you up a little bit. <laughs> if you're good, there no one's gonna talk. Trust yeah. me. It's like yeah. there's been people in our conference that haven't talked to me in like ten years. It's like, well, okay, I'm. I think I'm a pretty nice person. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's like, all right, whatever. It's like you just don't like that I beat you every year. It's a, it's, yeah. It's there cool, you go. You know. There you go. Yeah. So, um, so getting the, so moving on to the coaching career, I was a freshman at the high state university. I saw the sign on the wall in Larkins and I said, Hey, you know, do you want to play in the shot? I'm like, yeah, I want to play in the shot. Right. And um, what it was, it was, a, it was an ad. They were trying to get practice players for the women's team. Okay. So I did that for three years and I probably didn't miss a practice for three years. 
And uh, um, so that was my that was my collegiate experience. And I tell you, what, it, was, it was awesome. I, I'd never have I would never have more respect for the women's game after doing that. It was absolutely amazing. Um, but at the, kind of at the same time, um, I was introduced to a, a guy who got a, a girl's job at Westerville South High School, just uh, um, on the suburb of Columbus. And I volunteered for two years. Um, so I was, I was actually uh, the practice player thing was like full time and the volunteer was was uh, part time. I'd go to practices, you know, three days a week, four days a week with that sometimes. And, um, and then it kind of progressed. So the next year I took the freshman girls job, which I didn't want to do. I actually turned them down like four times because I wanted to keep where I wanted to be in the varsity practices with the older kids. Right. Uh, but it was actually probably the best decision I made because a head coach is a head coach. I'm telling you, I tell the young, I tell all the young coaches, cause I talk to coaches all over, you know, about interviews and I practice with them and we talk about jobs and I go, everybody needs to be a head coach. I don't, you, you have to run your own team. Being a varsity assistant's great, but it's not going to make you a better coach when you take over the reins. Yeah. You you build up that resourcefulness, especially being a freshman or JV coach. Cause the next four years I was a JV coach and I was able to help with the varsity a lot, right? A lot at that point in time, cause we were in the same gym more, but you build up that resourcefulness because when you're a freshman, um, you know, they, they take, take your best play when you're JV, they take, you know, kid goes down, next player up, you know, and they, they, they keep taking players away from you. So you have to be very resourceful um, and you have to do whatever you can do to make your kids competitive. Yeah. You got You basically got to go find. Yeah. The, you, yeah. You're like uh, the baseball analogy. You're like the A or double A or triple A. They're good. Yeah. I'm going to go steal somebody if I need them. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you, you experiment with players, different positions. You take the offense coach handed down and you say, well, that's, that's just not going to work with our kids. We got to do this instead. And, and you just find you, you get creative and, and you learn faster. Right. You so if you're a young coach, you absolutely learn faster by being a head coach. Doesn't matter what level it is. You, you're already you're starting to interact with parents again. And you also kind of have that top cover. If something goes wrong, they're going to go to head coach first. But you, you can start communicating with parents. So when if you if your goal is to become a head coach, I'd say if you have an opportunity at any level, middle school, you know, freshman JV, jump on it, get the experience. Um, and then, you know, you can, then you can use that down the road. Coach. Like if yeah, you want to be a coaching. coach, coach. Yeah, actually coaching. You're, just, you're doing your own practice plans. Um, you're, you're coaching. Yeah. And it's like not, teaching. Saying- it's like, I always tell people, cause I've taught for 30 years. Shoot. When I walked into my first classroom, I, you know, and I took all these classes, I didn't know diddly. Like yeah. the way you learn how to teach is teach. Yeah. Like you figure it out. Like you're going to figure yeah. out real fast that they'd like. Yeah. Just throw them <laughs> in the fire and, and. Yeah. Throw them in the pool and swim, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that, sure. that was, that's probably one of the best things that happened. So <clears throat> after coaching, so it was, um, after the four years, gee, that was my seven years with, with the girls program at Westerville South. Um, and I also coached JV baseball there, which, which actually helped in my neck. I think that really helped in my next transition because I started applying for jobs. Um, and I applied for two or three jobs, two or three years while I was an assistant was JV coach. Didn't get anything. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to coach at the boys level. Um, and I actually got back into the league, not my alma mater, but the same league my alma mater was in, um, and, uh, actually went from girls to boys, you know, girls JV to boys varsity, which is it, which is a little, probably more, a little more difficult to do. Uh, right. one of the questions you get in those interviews, like, you know, well, what do you think the difference between girls and boys is and really X's and O's wise, there's no big difference. It's just with the boys, you kind of have to, you have to, the game is just faster. 
is pretty much, you know, it's just a little bit faster, maybe, maybe more skillful, but I don't think so. I don't think it's more skillful. I think initially, I don't think this is the case either. When I started, I think it was more physical. I don't yeah. think that's the case. I think the girls game is caught up on that. aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, 30 years ago, that wasn't the case. Um, yeah. But I yeah. think the games are similar to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. When coaches ask about the difference between girls, I think you have to be a little more assertive with the boys. And you have to earn you have to earn their respect a little bit more. The girls are gonna they're, they're gonna work their tails off for you. The guys are gonna question everything you do. So you kind of have to be on top of it with, with the guys for sure. And, yeah. and both both you have to be on top of it no matter where you're at. If you're gonna you know get the respect and be competitive and, and build that program, keep so, your job. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so once I got the so once I got hired, I think I was 25 or 26. Once I got hired, because like I started again, I started coaching right out of high school. Um, I was like, okay, well, I got it. So we're going to run Princeton. Um, and I had in my mind what I was going to do, but I'm like, you know what? I still have never done this. You know, I've, I've run bits and pieces as a JV freshman coach, but there's only so much you can do. And I wanted to go from, you know, running Princeton that I was with the JV girls to, I want to do how the Air Force Academy was doing. Because back between like Joe Scott's time period there and then Jeff Bezdelic's uh, time period there, Air Force was running Princeton better than anyone in the entire country. They right. were I think, as high ranked as high as six or seven in the country at one time. Okay. Um, but that that's the team that influenced me the most. And I wanted to run it that way. Okay. So I, so I had everything set, but I was like, I still don't, you know, I've still never done it. And I had the opportunity. I reached out, had the opportunity. I actually flew out to the Air Force Academy and watched them practice for five or six days. And I think um, I'm trying to remember the name of the coach that was. It was uh, whoever was there was after Bezdelic, and um, and they were actually because. If you wanted to fly out and see Bill Carmody or Pete Carrillo or Joe Scott, I don't know if they'd let you in the gym. Right. I don't know if they would talk to you after practice if they did let you in the gym. I don't know if they would share anything. But but they, these guys were there weren't those like those core inner circle guys. They they let me watch practice. They let me sit in the film room, go over film. They let me um, sit in their meetings when they were talking about you know what they were working on that day and the next day. It was great experience. And the number one thing, I, I came back with a, with a lot more clarity actually seeing the Princeton teams run it. Right. Um, and uh, it changed my turn. I had, had a whole way of every set. I knew what I was going to call it. I came back and changed all of my terminology. Terminology. Okay. I changed what I was going to teach it and, and everything just by seeing how they did it. Um, so that was a very eye-opening experience. Okay. Go back and say that last sentence when you came back because you broke up a little bit there, Coach. Yeah. So that it was just that was an eye-opening experience. Yeah, but you you changed your you changed you, yeah, you yeah, broke so, up yeah yeah so I, so after be, after spending five days watching the Air Force Academy in practice. Uh, I, I came back, I, I changed my terminology. I changed okay. the, the plays of every single name and just the, the extra clarity that it, that it gave me from actually watching a Princeton team run it in person. I think terminology is really important to be Dude. honest with you. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm a math teacher. It's like, yeah. this has to mean this. Yeah. And that's why I've always had like, well, how are we going to hang, you know, what are we going to call this yeah. in our program? And for yeah. young coaches, I think that's really important. I don't want to call it a Bible, but you got to come up with sure. your handbook yeah. of how you're going to call things. Because yeah. you know, so is it help side? Is it ball side? Is it what is it? Yeah. Um, uh, are you? Do you know Jim, Coach Burson? Jim Burson from here around Central Ohio. He coached at Muskingum University. Uh, um, there's an article on uh, Sports Illustrated. It's a 2001 article where they. This is the best article I've ever read on Princeton, and um, they focus on Jim Burson. Jim Burson and his uh, his assistant. I can't, I can't remember his, his name slipping out of my mind, but. He was the first one to break it. He was the first one that would actually share the offense back in the early 2000s, but he wouldn't give it to you. He would say, here, go watch these tapes, 
break everything down, come back with me what you've learned, and then I will, then I will fill in the holes. And he was the first coach to do that uh, when I was learning it back in, in that time. And, and, uh, but he had the names he would uh, call the offense. Um, let's say if he was one running low post, he would call that line. Uh, they have a, a set that they call circle. He would call that hook. Uh, they had another uh, set uh, that they would call sinker. So he would kind of talk to them, you know, we, we, we're going to run them, we're going to hook them, then we're going to get them on the line, we're going to go hook them. So we're just going to get them to chase us around, we're going to get them hook, line, sinker. You know, so their uh, mascot was the muskies, so everything was a fish. Everything was, was fish-related. So when we were at Westerville South, we were the wildcats. Right. So we had, we had um, lion and tiger and cub. Right. And, and that's how we did that. When I came, when I watched the Air Force Academy and came back, I was like, okay, I was like, I, I, I know why, I, I see why it's easier to name it, you know, your mascot stuff is kind of fun, but if I want to kind of get deeper into it, I've got to call it what it is. They call it low post, when they want to run low post corner, they call it low post corner. Low right, post who corner. cares what, that's what I always tell coaches, well, well, what are trying add, to hide from? I don't care. Yeah, it, it adds a step in the learning process, so that's their philosophy, where is it, okay, yeah, I, I got to learn low post, and then I got to learn, hey, low post is lion. So there's an extra step in the learning process. They just right. take that out of there. They call it what it is. Right. No, oh, I love that. I love that. All right. So let's go. Let's go to you kind of going through the Princeton and just kind of explaining it both okay. to the YouTube li- people and the, and, the, and the podcast listeners about, you know, so let's say tomorrow, first of all, what kind of team is good for Princeton? That's the first question I have for you. And then um how would i start let's say tomorrow i decide i want to run the princeton what should i do yeah so um who who can run the princeton offense and and that's what i think that that question steve keeps a lot of coaches from running it Um, because i think that you can run it with any personnel with any unless you're going to play two bigs at the same time and neither can play on the perimeter that would be the one time it happens in the high school level that does happen that does happen at the high school level so if you get but, but then again, you are going to eventually sub one of those kids out and right. bring, in, bring in maybe a guard for them. So in that instance, I, I tell coaches, well, I would run the triangle offense, which you can run two bigs, right. and, and Princeton. So you can kind of hybrid. What, um, what, um, if you were picking your ideal team positions one through five, what would you want? Uh, I want four guards and a, and a post that could play on the perimeter post that could play inside, outside. That's the okay. ideal situation. Okay. Now, again, at the high school level, um, you have to develop your players. You know, if, if you're not a coach that that's developing gym rats, if you're not in the gym with them, making them better, if, if you're not that kind of coach that's, that's, that's detail-oriented, that is the one set I might say that it might not be for you. Right. What happens um, if I have five perimeter guys? Absolutely. I would, I would run um, – I, I love running Princeton with a guard in the low post. And what we would do, Steve, is we wouldn't – if we ran low post, so the coach say, well, I don't have a post, so we, we can't run low post. We just run chin. And I say, we absolutely can run low post. We just don't throw it down there. But we'll, we'll shift from low post into open or low post into chin. And right. we'll phase, then we'll get the five man out on the perimeter on the point. My 6'2 kid's not going to want to go to the low block. I'm not a post coach. What are you doing? Well, I mean, I could just hear the complaining about it. Like, you know, what's yeah, your, so what's, what what's your return to that? Say, yeah. Listen, so I, I've got a coach I'm working with right now. Yeah, so I've got a coach I'm working with right now who his low post is his best player. And I'm saying, well, you got to run chin and you got to run open. I said, but if you want to run low post, low post flows into both chin and open so easily, you can kind of get the ball moving, get the defense. If, especially, so the Princeton, it, it, it's a structured motion offense. It's um, when you're talking about your personnel, everyone says it's a slow down offense. Well, it's, 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And everyone says that because of who they watched, you know, because they, they've only seen Princeton run it. They've only seen Air Force run it. Um, those are the types of teams. They've only seen Northwestern in the Big Ten with all those athletes run it. And they say, well, you know, they, those teams are doing what they have to do to compete against the players and the athletes and the teams that they're competing against. But have you seen Georgetown run it with John Thompson III? Have you seen NC State with Herb Sendek when they started running in early 2000s? Um, are you watching Richmond right now? Richmond is in the 8-10. I think what Dayton was three before the season got cut off. They were uh, – uh, Richmond was actually the highest-paced offense in that league uh, through, through, through the cutoff. So depending on the players you have, you can you – can, you know, um, I, I use this example. I broke down film uh, for a group of coaches where we watched Air Force Academy play Duke. And, but the year before, Georgetown played Duke. It was J.J. Reddick's senior year, and Georgetown beat them. Georgetown only ran two or three uh, Princeton sets or series. And there's a lot of wrinkles and stuff off of that. But then the very next year, you watch uh, Air Force playing against the same Duke, the same pressure defense Duke, and they've run the whole gamut. And they're more deliberate, and they're running 30 seconds off the shot clock. and because they have to be, yeah. Yeah, so you can run the offense with whatever players you have. It just to, you just have to know the offense and know, hey, well, I, I need to grab this one and I need to grab this set and I can grab that series and this phase and this combo and, and stuff like that. So but, on the back there, show me chin and show me – I mean, I know chin, but show me chin and open, what you're talking about when you talk about chin and open. Yeah. So Chin's the high one four, right? Yeah, so uh, Princeton starts with a two-guard set. Okay. So if, if you're obviously if you're listening to this, watch this video on YouTube and you'll be able to yeah. see it. But it starts with a two-pass reversal. So you got your two guards, and, and this is a terminology thing. So we don't call our players ones, two, threes, fours, and fives. Right. Um, we, we don't want to box a kid in and say, hey, you're a one. You're a point guard. You know, we don't right. want to box a kid in and say, hey, you're a four. You're a power forward. You know, we, okay. we want to develop them, you know, as basketball players. Yep. We will call our top two players guards and our wing players forwards. So there's a, there's a, um, a lot of announcers and coaches will call it false motion. Well, they'll forwards out. They'll bring the forwards out. I don't okay. like calling it false motion because we do it more strategically. There's a reason. So I call it strategic motion. Okay. Um, but what we're going to do, it's going to start with a two-pass reversal. So they'll throw the guard to guard. And just as quick, we're going to throw the guard to forward pass. Okay. And then what that does is if, if we have low post um, and, and our toolbox, if that's part of our playbook, our five actually starts low. And they react to that guard to guard. Once that guard to guard happens, or once we verbally call chin or physically touch our chin, the five man is going to come up the lane line between the elbow and the three point line. Okay. Well, one of the big mistakes when you're running, say, chin is uh, the guard's going to, the point guard's going to throw it, and then he's going to start cutting. And I tell them to wait 1,001, 1,000, and then cut. Or um, when, we, when we coach girls, we would tell them to hop, hop, make that pass, and then hop, hop. Because we want the ball on the, on the, with the forward on the wing as we're coming off this shuffle cut because we want to be able to read that, that screen. We want to, we want to see is that, one, is that defender getting screen there because there's three ways to, to, uh, to score off of this one shuffle cut, which 
coaches will just say, hey, if they're open, hit them. Right. But when I, when, I, when I look at everyone else teaching this, we'll look early if, if X5 is, say, playing high right. and, X1, and X1 gets screened. We'll hit early. We'll score on the other side of the rim. Okay. If, if the one man's chasing, we might not be open early, but we'll be open late, especially if the X5 is playing a little bit high, which, which a lot of times they'll do. Right. But if, if you're playing a good team and they jump to the ball and the X5, the back screen, they're helping and the, the one's cutting over the middle, they won't be open early or late. But eventually the five man's going to start moving to set the drift screen. The one's going to catch up. Five man's going to come out. What we'll do is we'll swim through and now we'll look at them in the post. So we try to score three ways off that first shuffle. Okay, and the four man's looking down there. What's happening with the five? The five is following the, the, the key, the arc on the key. And they're going to go from basically one elbow to the other. And we follow the arc so we get a good angle. That's a good idea. I like, I like them following the arc. the screen with their chest towards the corner of the gym. Yeah, so because a lot of coaches have them come straight across, but I like, but then they're, they're screened sometimes. Their shoulders aren't faced the right way. Yeah. It can get skinny and get through that screen. And our two man, after they make the pass, is setting up. They're, they're coming straight down the lane line and they're going to put their outside foot below the, the five man setting, what we call a drift. We call it a drift and not a flare um, because we don't want to flare off this. We want to kind of play it a little tighter. And when, uh, when your defender is, is now under there, we're going to pin them. And when the four-man stops looking at the one, one's going to pop out to the corner, and now we're looking off the drift. And if we're open off of the drift, so here's the difference if, if you're watching this. The difference between a drift and a flare is a drift, once we're coming here, we're pretty much putting our five in in between my defender and myself. Right. So I can, I can throw this pass, and here's your line. It, you, you know, you're trying to separate that line of the ball from the defender. Yeah, a lot of teams that run this in flare, they're flaring off and coming this way. And now I've got to throw a scary pass where that defender can just get a step in front, especially if they're athletic. What happens if they deny the wings? Do you, do you just teach that backdoor cut we were talking about before? Well, so so that, that's, that's the beauty of this. It depends on what you want to do. If you're, if you're running Princeton and you just want to run with the high post stuff and they're denying the wings, yeah, we can dribble them backdoor. We'll do a lot of forwards out, forwards out opposite. Okay. Um, but – it, it just depends on, on uh, um, and that's something we talk about when, we're, when we're, we're teaching coaches how to run this is, you know, there's different pressure releases. So, like I said, if, if, the, wing, if, if the wing's not open, you know, we could dribble at and hand off with them. Okay. okay. That's what we'll do. We'll do what we refer to as a dribble entry if they get to yeah. that hard. Yeah, and, and they're – Backdoor they're, cut and then dribble entry. Yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll talk – there, there's, there's four core series um, of the Prince, and there's the low post series, open series, chin series – um, and the Does point. open mean literally open like no post? Yes. Yeah, that's that's where you get the five at the point. You got two guards in the wings, two guards in the corners. Okay. So the name yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when when you're when you're choosing, you know, what you and that's that's again that's what gets a lot of when you're on the outside looking in. Um, I, I tell coaches like the best way to learn at one is you just gotta you gotta dig in. You gotta watch all the film you can do. Talk to everyone you can talk to. Right. And it, and that's how I did it. And it took me nine or ten years before it clicked. Right. Um, the other best way uh, to learn to Princeton, I think, is to get on staff with a Princeton team, which, like, if, you're, if you want to get on staff with Air Force or Princeton or, you know, one of those or, or Richmond, right. pretty much have to play for them. They're, they're really tight even that way. They hire a lot of players. Right. So you said – so let's go back. So there's open, there's chin. Uh, the low post. post and point series. Okay. And what's the point series? The point series is – so when, when I teach this, let's say we're running – let's say we're putting in everything. 
and okay. we're running low post chin and point. <clears throat> so low post is we're coming up the floor. Let's hit the wings open. Let's hit the wing and let's run low post. If the wing's not open, I'll say, okay, let's throw the guard to guard and run chin. So they'll do the two pass reversal and run chin. And I'll, what I'll we'll say again, say if, if chin, and this is the very simplified version because you can go much deeper, but if chin's not open, if that guard to guard's not open, or let's say they've been denying that wing, we've been having a hard time getting into it, we will wave that guard through. We'll bring the five man up to the elbow. This is a, so um, low post is the one that no one really runs. Um, chin is one everyone runs. Point's the one everyone wants to run. Or point's a very, when, when coaches are learning person, everyone wants to run point. There's a lot of good guard post action with it. Right. What, um, what, uh, what would you recommend if I'm a sixth grade boys coach? Uh, sixth grade boys, I, I think you can run chin. I wouldn't run anything else. I wouldn't deviate much from it. But when I you get would to pick ball, one of the four, is what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Or, or, or even open. Um, I, I've got a coach I'm working with. Again, we were talking earlier. He's got this low post player, <clears throat> and they want her to have the ball all the time. She's the most athletic player. Um, so we we also turn open into a continuity like chin is because low post is not a continuity. Points not a continuity. Um, you can run chin as a continuity like flex, like a vertical flex. <clears throat> I think there's, there's many more scoring options off of that. Okay. Um, but you can, I, I would say chin for sure. I don't want to confuse anyone and say open because it's a lot more difficult to how to run that as continuity. But I like with my youth level, I like dribble drive stuff. You do? I, I, yeah, I, I do because I like the, those six are learning how to dribble, drive and kick, drive and kick, drive and kick. Okay. And then how many, how many levels do you have? Do you run all four of them at your level? At high school? Yes. Yeah. So if you're if you're putting it in, I would definitely put it in a program wide. So our varsity has the whole playbook. Hold on, you just broke up. We take away a lot. You broke up a little. Hold on, coach. You broke up a little bit again. So say it again. Your whole program, and then you broke up. Yeah. So when we teach, uh, for instance, I would definitely put in program wide. Okay. Because we want the players coming up to already be inundated and be ready. So that I don't have to reteach everything every no, single no, no. So I get that. So I get that. But you're saying from ninth grade on, you wouldn't necessarily do. Yeah. So seventh and eighth grade, we'll do chin. Okay. okay. Chin, seventh and eighth grade. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Chin and dribble drive. So we kind of work on a lot of variety of skill work. Okay. Because you never know who's going to come out of that middle school program. Right. And then no. you don't even know who's going to be the players. Yeah. I mean, even gotcha. you know who your good one is, but yeah. yeah. So what, Um. so then what do you have your freshman coach do? So our freshman coach will do a lot of chin. Um, and actually, the, the styles that we want to run. So we'll run uh, with my freshman. We'll run low post. Okay. And if they don't have a good low post, I won't let them throw it down there. But okay. we will do. We'll do low post, and we will do our version of how we get from low post into chin. Okay. And then we'll run chin, and we'll let them run a different options off of chin. Okay. And uh, then our, what about JV? What about so the our next? JV? We'll do low post. Okay. We'll do the same action. If, if they say if we have a low post, but that we can throw it down, we will, and we'll teach that action. But let's kind of uh, progression from what we did at freshman. So, JV, we'll run low post. Let's say we're going to teach the same phase into chin. But with our JV, we will also run point. But when you run point, there's three options. There's point screen away, point over the top, point down the middle. With our JV, we will only run point screen away. Okay. And then when our varsity, just keeping it simple, we'll run low post. We'll run that phase in the chin and point. We'll run um, – uh, We'll run the chin series, but we'll also, when we run point at the varsity level, we'll run point screen away, point over the top, point down the middle, and all kinds of wrinkles and stuff off of that. So the, okay. the playbook just gets bigger and bigger. So coaches can watch the freshman JV, and they might watch freshman JV, and I'll teach them, hey, 
you guys go back door on everything. And then when we jump into the first quarter, when we're running the same stuff, instead of us going back door, we're going to start coming in and getting handoffs. Right. We'll do that for a quarter or the first half. And the second half, we'll go back door again. And we'll, we'll try to keep it's them variation. Up. I like that. So um, what happens when I zone you? We don't get real complicated with our zone. Okay. We run, we our, our kids love it. And, and this is what happens. Most of the teams. So if they're not already a zone team, they're a man to man team and they get out of their man to go to their zone or, or we tell our kids that's not their number one defense. Okay. They're going to zone because they do not want to, or cannot guard you. Right. So that gives our kids an extra level of confidence, but we run a three round two where we hit short corner, high post. We look at the skip and the ball reversal. And we'll have a couple other um, sets. You, so you don't run Princeton against the zone? I, I did not um, because we would actually get in it and, and our guards were good enough picking the part. They would get good enough shots. I didn't want to – we would we'd get good shots out of the zone. And if okay. we scored on the zone, then we would pull them back out. But you can't – if you wanted to run one Princeton set against the zone, I would run Chin. Okay. Because you have you – have if, especially if they're running against a 2-3 or 2-3, or 1-2-2, 3-2, it's all the same. Your five-man sets the shuffle cut, which is the top uh, defender. And then when the ball gets to the wing, that wing uh, defender on the top of the two threes going, and the, and the wing that you just set the back screen on has now got the other elbow. We're going to go rescreen that one for the drift. Right. So, so it actually so, – So I love – I mean, we have zone offenses in two, but we'll run our read and react dribble drive. We'll run it against the zone because it gets enough movement. Like, yeah. I would think the Princeton would get enough movement against Yeah, and, and we'll adjust it a little bit. So, when we come off that shuffle cup, the, the weak parts of the zone are the short corner and the high post. Yeah. So, if we're running off the shuffle, we're going to run – We're gonna instead of emptying into the low post, we're going to send that guard to the short corner. Right. Okay. And then we're going to send our five. We, we maybe, maybe we don't follow the, the arc this time, but we're going to shoot right to that opposite elbow. So, if I hit the elbow, I got my point guard underneath cutting. Or if I hit the short corner, now I got my big flashing through the middle of the zone. And then, we, then we're going to play. We're going to skip it across because those are the open spots when you get into a zone. Okay. Um, if you could only do three things at practice to teach uh, the Princeton offense, what would you do? Only three things. Yeah. So, again, when we go back, we talk about the prog that progression-based model. Yeah. Um, we don't break it down 3 on 4 on because we, what happens when you do it 3 on 4 on you've turned your offense into a drill. Right. And – your kids try to do things, and, and you have to say, stop, you can't do that because you, I know you don't see this, but there's a defender there and a defender there. There's two defenders not on the floor. Right. Um, and we're also not giving those reps. So go, kind of going back to where we started, if I could only do those three, three things to run the offense, I would, I would literally – when you say three things, are like three offensive sets? Or, oh, yeah. Or so, so let's so – so yeah. So if you can only work on – maybe let me change it a little bit. You can only do three concepts. If you can only work on three concepts or three things. Now, I'm not talking like – yeah. Drill X, drill Y. I'm saying, or sure. even your progression. I'm just saying, if you could only work on three concepts that were the, that are the most important for you to be successful in the Princeton offense. Okay. Well, hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe, like, jump up and down, review, do whatever you got to do. Um, also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.